0: Welcome to the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast, powered by the King's University. This is a conversation to encourage and validate women on their ministry journeys. Now, let's join TKU's Dr. Rhonda Davis and Julie Cole for this episode of
1: the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast. Hello, Women in Ministry Leadership listeners. We're happy to have you back with us. And Julie and I are just happy to welcome um, our friend Elizabeth Settle to join our conversation today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Elizabeth is a leader and a teacher with more than 25 years of ministry experience. She currently invests her energies at Gateway Church as pastor of groups in Southlake, Texas, where she builds teams and creates resources that advocate for people's spiritual formation. Her passion is prioritizing the presence of God. I love that. (laughs) And that looks a lot like cultivating connections with others God and self by sharing stories and scriptures that impart freedom. She especially enjoys doing this alongside of her husband of 23 years. That's amazing. His (laughs) name is Jason. And together you have two young adult children, Emily and Ethan. Yes. Elizabeth, we're so happy to have you. Welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah.
2: (laughs) We like to start each of our interviews with just question that kind of helps focus where you are now. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you always want to be a woman in ministry leadership, (laughs) or was it kind of a zigzag path that got you here? How did you find yourself right here, right now? (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I I was not
0: raised in a Christian home. Now, my dad might cringe a little if I say that, but he left the lutheran church when i was a preteen and i adopted a lot of his angst against mm. the church whatever it was at yeah. the time i didn't exactly understand but i knew he wasn't happy and so we didn't attend church and i i really had no concept of god at all as a young person so no i did not wow. dream of or think of myself in ministry and I accidentally moved to Texas at 21. <laughs> accidentally. It Most sti- people say I that it so was, that was very intentional. I was
2: moving to Tennessee, but it was Texas. <laughs> but I'm still dead. glad I'm
0: here, but it was an accident. So I came after I graduated college to stay with my cousin. I crashed ah. on her couch for a summer, and I never left. Wow. She took me to a little Pentecostal church, believe it or not, in Austin, Texas, and I felt the presence of God for the first time. Mm. I just was captivated. it It really is stunning to me that I came to Christ in a in a little United Pentecostal yes. church, wrapped yes. up in all of its legalisms. And yes. its, but as a kind of a hippie dippy from the Northwest, I came in my Birkenstocks and long skirts. I fit right in into that <laughs> little great, Pentecostal community. That's great. But the fact that I sensed. God really captivated me, and I've I've I'm a thinker, you know, by habit, and yeah. so the the captivation of my heart just really so it was mm-hmm. then that I started to, I mean, really it was informal, but as much as anything like an internship. I mean, I read that Bible front to back. I could not get enough. I was so smitten by Jesus that mm-hmm. at that point. Um, I began to just really explore what it was to serve and be a part of the local church mm-hmm. community, and then, like so many, you know, I start setting up chairs, yeah. and then over time, I'm leading a little Bible study, and then I was, I was, I assisted our pastor for a while, and and even though my profession um, became teaching, and I taught in public school for a number of years, it was one summer when. Uh, at another church, we had exited the United Pentecostal Church, you know, my husband and I in our young marriage. I met Jason there in that tiny little church, but mm. um, just came into a, a revelation of grace and began to understand some of those things. And as we, we entered into that wide open world and we were in a, a, a thriving new church, uh, the pastors asked me one summer, hey, our kids directors have stepped away you know you're a teacher would you step in just for a few months yeah and That's so, how they get you yes so that was my call to ministry a yeah. literal phone call and i said sure so honestly it really the the leadership of that we were right about 250 Congregants at the time that church ended up growing to over six thousand, and oh, in the first goodness. five years of it, I established the kids ministry, which was such a
1: that's amazing delight because
0: it was my you know educational administration is my my bent. I was getting my masters in that and just put those skills to work in my little local yeah. church.
1: I love that the Lord just used that mm-hmm. um, in a new way. Can I ask another question? I heard you say um, I'm a thinker by habit, mm-hmm. but the Lord captured by heart. Tell me more about what that was like and why that was so important to you, yeah. to your story. Well,
0: I, I I just didn't have a practice of accessing my heart. Mm-hmm. I I used my my will and intellect to, like most of us, make mm-hmm. decisions. I felt like my head was cut off from my heart. I wouldn't have Assessed myself that way at the time, but I sat in the in the back for a while of mm-hmm. that little Pentecostal church, and they had long altar calls, you know. Yeah. And uh, I
1: feel like we shared the same childhood. Yeah. <laughs> People
0: would drift up to the front, and and I would sit there and cry. Mm-hmm. I just for the first few services, I just sat and cried, and I was, you know, new to Texas, and so I am assessing: Am mm-hmm. I homesick? Am I sad for something? I'm trying to figure out why I'm Mm -hmm. just crying, which was not my tendency. Mm -hmm. And it felt so good. You know, it didn't feel sad, but I just couldn't think my way into understanding what was happening in my heart. But that's sweet. Pastor Tommy castle, you know, mm-hmm. came back to the back and just sat in front of me and said in his sweet Texas drawl, <laughs> which yeah. I cannot replicate, <laughs> yeah. he said, that's the Holy Spirit you feel. Oh, yeah. And after that third visit and just sitting mysteriously in just the feels of peace really mm-hmm. and refreshing, I recognized, wow, that's the Lord. The second he said it, mm-hmm. I knew. And... Then I would drift, you know, in future weeks up to the altar. And, of course, they're speaking in tongues. They're Mm -hmm. laying hands on one another. They're, you know, kneeling and Mm -hmm. just rocking back and forth and having these very personal, profound Mm -hmm. experiences with the Lord, which, you know, we'd just eaten at a Mexican restaurant before church. (laughs) And so I'm like, I know you're pretty normal. This is very unique to me. (laughs) But I was so curious. And I wouldn't say that I accessed my heart, you know, profoundly immediately that's actually much of my journey here Mm -hmm. even in recent years at gateway has been just accessing my heart and i think that's the work of the spirit Mm -hmm. that integration of head and heart
1: yeah but i just love that something about the passion the genuine passion Mm -hmm. in those people for the lord um, yes helped i have had similar experiences where i'm just i'm moved by the response around me and yes. the Lord opens up places for me that I didn't necessarily know I needed more of him in. So I love that. I just love and, that story.
2: And you say that that is your passion now, the presence yeah. of the Lord. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: To create spaces for people to see. Yeah. Just like I did. In just yeah. First, just like in the mm-hmm. back of the mm-hmm. little church. Tr- that's amazing. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that.
2: Well, another thing, you said you're a thinker. I know you're an avid reader. (laughs) Yes. What are you reading right now that's really Mm. feeding your soul? I
0: actually just picked up, because it's it's easy, quick read, um, Dr. Henry Cloud. And I'm not sure if he partnered with John Townsend on this book, but it's... um, it's got a long, complicated title, Crazy Things Christians Believe oh or Something mm-hmm. That Aren't True, essentially uh-huh. is the bottom line. <laughs> That's not the title. Uh, but just misconceptions that we have, like I Can Think My Way Into Freedom would be an mm. example of one, mm-hmm. kind of coming back to that thought. There are uh, just presumptions that we have about how we really grow, and they're not biblical. And so I love reading things that challenge convention.
1: Mm-hmm. and.
0: He's one of my favorites in that regard.
2: Yeah. Do you have a favorite book overall that you'd put out there? You know, I was
0: thinking recently about some of the influences that have been most significant to me over the years. And I think three books have become what I orbit a lot of teaching around or mm-hmm. that I tend back to, to go back to. One is Dr. Cloud's Changes that Heal. Mm-hmm. So this is his his cornerstone text, even before… boundaries Boundaries. and all the hoopla around boundaries, which is wonderful, but, you know, Changes That Heal was really designed to help the human heart enter into healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. And it is so significant to me because it really talks about the human development and our our need for certain, you know, components in early childhood and on in order to become the kind of adult that God's designed Mm -hmm. us to be. And if we miss any of those things, and I feel like Partnered with that book, uh, Dr. Leanne Payne, who has authored a handful of books, but one that's her kind of cornerstone work is Restoring the Christian Soul. And she talks Mm -hmm. about the Trinitarian theology of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as holy family into which we, um, you know, abide, I guess, in which we abide Mm -hmm. and are restored in all those places where, as Dr. Cloud would say, we're were you know, dysfunctional because maybe yeah. we haven't had a certain component. And so we we aren't forever lost in the abyss of whatever our family of origin couldn't provide for us. We can mm-hmm. sit in the security of that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and receive from Him the restoration of our Christian soul, which is the title mm-hmm. of that book. And then another one that's been really influential to me has been Pete, Pete Scazzaro. It, it, I think the mm-hmm. first of the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality series that I picked up was Emotionally Healthy Church. Mm-hmm. And um, and I've read other iterations of that book since. But that really was when I started to do a lot of work in my emotional, mm-hmm. um, I guess, in my heart, putting words to my feelings and practicing some of those things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was, yeah, very life-changing for me.
1: How, what does that look like for you? I am someone also who tends to stay… In my head, quite mm-hmm. a bit, and I look at things like emotion wheels. That yeah, tell me. I still use those. Oh, maybe I'm not angry. Maybe I'm just disappointed. You know, I. <laughs> and so, how, how? What does that look like for you in mm-hmm. discovering how to connect with God in that way? I think I let me give you context of why mm-hmm, I ask that. Mm-hmm. I think often as female leaders, we buy into this idea that. And accessing our emotions or leading with particular passion Mm -hmm. makes us come across as weak, and Mm -hmm. I would say yes, unbridled. That's probably true. Mm -hmm. But so I I have met many female leaders who have a tendency to push that all to the side and only bring their rational mind to the table. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, only this when you know it could be that God has put in us a beautiful leadership gut. You know, where we where we can have some good intuition. So. What has that looked like for you, or what are maybe some practical ways that other mm-hmm. other female leaders might mm-hmm. be able to access some of that?
0: yeah I've had actually my husband and I have had a lot of conversations around this and on a practical level mm-hmm. he's been so helpful he's more the feeler in the family and i'm more the thinker so our our role reversal we experience in regular mm. i mean just regularly we find ourselves listening to a talk on marriage and it's like he's the woman in the story and i'm the man yeah. and obviously we um we walk in freedom and each of us come 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 to the marriage as whatever who we are and mm-hmm. together we can grow in health but he is almost intimidating to me with his feelings so forward. Mm-hmm. And I have learned not only to receive him, but then he'll give me space to access my own, which when you ask me what it looks like, it's, I close my eyes and I'm like, excuse me, I need a puddle of yes. <laughs> I, have to, I have to drop down here. Yeah. <laughs> Figure out what I feel. I mean, yeah, it takes yeah. tremendous effort still. It's not the first thought that mm-hmm. I have but um frankly one one important practice that that I learned early on at Gateway and this is thanks to Tommy Briggs senior but I would walk away from a teaching feeling just incredibly anxious that's mm. my go-to emotion like mm-hmm. some people go to anger I go to anxiety like mm-hmm. that's just my mm-hmm one feeling and everything yeah. kind of gets interpreted through that and he would teach me to sit down literally and just turn the eyes of my heart to the lord and ask him what i'm feeling mm. and once he could name that for me i could say oh i in this case usually after teaching i'm feeling vulnerable feeling mm. very vulnerable and so then i can engage with the lord to you know hide me in him cover yeah. me soothe me in whatever way i might need so that my anxious mm-hmm. what feels like an anxious heart can quiet so we were jason and i at the dining table one night and he had been gifted some money to go shopping and we mm-hmm. were in a tight spot financially and I was really happy, sort of, that he got this money <laughs> to go shopping. <laughs> and he comes home and he's at the dining table and he's showing off all the things that he purchased. And I am like, oh, it's nice. And he goes, what, what's, hap- what, what's going on? And I did my, like, just a minute. I <laughs> went down. <laughs> I feel jealous. I feel mm. jealous that you did all this, you know, shopping, and I yeah. didn't. And he goes, he was like, oh, "Good job! I'm so proud <laughs> of you. You named your feeling." Yeah. So he he really partnered with me, yeah. and that that helped tremendously. But how simple a practice, but it's yeah. complex to discern.
2: It it very is. wise and practical. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. We and laugh about that, but it's it, real. Yeah. It
0: yeah. really. It's like so many things. You name it, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, I can work with that. Yeah. But when it's just swirling around, it's just
2: overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Rhonda kind of brought up being a woman in ministry leadership. Mm -hmm. Have you had any challenges as a woman in leadership, and how has that shaped you? Yeah. I I find this fascinating,
0: just my perspective— My perspective is fascinating, but the conversation in general, I feel like my perspective is sometimes a little bit different, maybe because I grew up in Washington State and I don't Mm -hmm. have, yeah, I don't have some of the the Christian cultural conventions Mm -hmm. that have been imposed upon me. In fact, my mom worked full-time my whole life. It was accepted and she loved her job and she would take me along with her and there wasn't any any kind of stigma, Mm -hmm. and I do recall early in my Christian walk in that little Texas church just really bracing myself to Mm -hmm. read the Proverbs 31 woman, and like I was preparing to, you know, marriage, we're just newly married, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I mean, I'm going to – I'll quit my job, I'll stay home, Mm -hmm. I'll have the the babies, Mm -hmm. and so I just (laughs) – Really, I want to please the Lord. So I opened up that chapter. I knew enough to go there. And I read this woman. And I'm like, (laughs) she works. She's a boss. It was was so liberating. It was one of my first just experiences of going to the Lord for his will, even though I almost didn't want to hear it because I didn't want to be told no to the things I'd had in my heart. But he was so, so much more gracious and mm-hmm. empowering than I could have imagined. And it was then I was like, oh, this is a cultural convention. So I've navigated that a little bit, but I came into ministry through the loophole of kids, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's one of the safe places for yeah. women to get started. And I just was young and, so, and in education. So those felt logical to me and I gladly stepped mm-hmm. into them. Um, I think that – Well, when I was consulting, I did some consulting with Mars Hill Church before it imploded, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, I did it through Kids Ministry. Mm-hmm. It was—I mean, it's—it's it's very, you know, they were not welcoming of women in leadership in mm-hmm. the way that I had experienced, even in the church that I was a part of in Texas. But right. I was really bothered after a, a consulting trip. They were struggling. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah and had invited me into a room with, with their pastor, their campus pastors and some other leaders of the church to really bring some consulting, which was a, it was a big deal that I was yeah. invited to that table. Yeah. But the pressure, just the sheer atmosphere of the room was very intimidating, mm-hmm. and I was not received by all people around the table. And I said what I needed to say, but I came home rattled. Mm-hmm. And I really, I took it to the Lord. It was in a Kairos, actually. We had a moment. I just lifted the question to the Lord. What do you have to say about this, this whole situation? There was um, just not a real freedom or acceptance of, of women and that's mm-hmm. in that context. And I certainly will see it here sometimes. Anyway, I lifted the question. I really heard nothing. But we went on a break for the Kairos event and we're all shuffling out of the auditorium. You know how everybody goes out to get their snacks, and mm-hmm. we're like cattle, all of us yeah. squeezing into the double doors. Well, I'm walking out, and one of the doors is closed, and the other door is open. And um, I'm like, "Ugh, oh, who's going to open the door?" I mean, lo- dozens of people are, and nobody's opening the door. And I'm like, "Oh, it must be locked.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's
0: not opening." Anyway, that's finally my turn, and I'm squeezing in with everybody else into the one. And I just, I touched the door, and it it opened. And I'm like, there. I mean, dozens had poured through, but in yeah. that moment, it was like, that's what my church looks like hmm. when the male and female aren't mm-hmm. aren't both empowered to do what they're designed to do.
2: That's it's, great.
0: It's such a. It's slow. It's mm-hmm. frustrating. And for my part, I felt like, I mean, nobody gave me a badge when I opened the door. Nobody stopped and said, thank you. Mm-hmm. There was not confetti flying from the ceiling. <laughs> that's too bad. Right. I just, yeah, that's too bad. I just pushed the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I've just felt like, you know, I don't feel like I have a particular banner to wave. Mm-hmm. I don't need any confetti. But I've just experienced moments when there's an inefficiency Or it's evident that there's a missing voice and we're just not functioning Mm -hmm. to full capacity. And so if I have the opportunity, I'm going to just push the door and it's not going to be hard. I don't have Mm -hmm. to put striving or effort into it that is unnatural. And I certainly don't need to pause and wait for accolade. Right. (laughs) And yet the door will open. And so that's been kind of my pace. Mm-hmm. over the years
2: and it's almost like an assignment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I found, you know, tremendous favor and I mean, not, not that I'm, and I'm not, I'm also not aiming at a particular thing that's off limits. And I mean, I, sure. I, I think, I think naturally speaking, because ministry is, is so deeply relational there's just a real inhibition to promoting women because of the whole, like, lunch, coffee, let's go out and talk, mm-hmm. let's hang culture because women kind of have cooties, you know, you don't mm-hmm. want to get too close. You might get, you might, like, accidentally have sex with them. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, this kind of, there's, yeah. I mean, I, I sort of understand, like, you know, honor and respect, but it just gets overplayed. Mm -hmm. And then there's this separation Mm -hmm. just because you're not going to ask your direct report, even though she's a great leader, to coffee because, you know, that would feel inappropriate in the context. And then there aren't Mm – it doesn't feel like a hurdle, right? This is a door we can push open really easily, like ask one other person or Mm -hmm. have coffee. There's other ways. There are other
1: solutions. That's right. But it's not – necessarily but some so often we leave that just leave the door closed yeah exactly yeah
0: exactly and then so when promotion time comes or whatever mm-hmm. you just know who you know mm-hmm. and i do this mm-hmm. with women too i'll find that a ministry that i'm leading will turn into women's ministry in a hot minute if mm-hmm. i'm not yep. intentionally it's a great point reaching out to men and putting them in positions of leadership because mm-hmm. um, that's just that's just how we,
1: mm-hmm. we work that's a great way to think about that and a wonderful picture um, of just, you know, just maybe push just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just we don't all have to squeeze in mm-hmm. through this one way. And I love that because it's not adversarial mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or it's really actually making more room mm-hmm. for many, mm-hmm. you know, not mm-hmm. just for you to walk through the door, mm-hmm. but for all of those yes. who are coming yeah. yeah, to walk through the door. So that's mm-hmm. a great picture.
0: Yeah, I think it relieves tension. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating when you're being like,
2: yeah,
1: yeah,
0: herded through an inefficient
1: mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm pathway. Who's done that for you? Who's opened or made space for you? Yeah.
0: Well, I, I would first say my mom. You know, she really, she really did. It wasn't ever an active teaching, she just loved her work. Mm-hmm. And modeled um, it, modeled mm-hmm. it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: brought me along. Very Proverbs thirty one. She mm-hmm. wouldn't have, I mean, called herself a Christian at all. There was none of that mm-hmm. in in the thought process. You know, it was just bringing me along. And so she, yeah, she just did that so so very well. And um, genuinely loved her work. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. I I grew to love work. Because she does do. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of a coping mechanism as well. You know, it's sort of how we managed as a family. We didn't mm-hmm. talk about our emotions. We worked hard. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's part of learning and growing into the – the person I am in Christ, I don't, I don't have to strive or work in mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and for approval or anything else. And yet um, there is a worship to work. And mm-hmm. I think over the years I got it flipped. I would worship my work, right, which is unfruitful. Mm-hmm. I've done that in ministry for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can also worship God through my work. That's actually yeah. how we're designed. Yeah. So my mom... When I was in that early Pentecostal church, um well the 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 second one, the one where I was invited into kids ministry, mm-hmm. it was a husband and wife team, so they co-pastored, and she she functioned essentially as the executive pastor. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't take that title, and she danced a lot around some of the conventions mm-hmm. of Christian culture and it was difficult i did watch her do that yeah but she has a strong voice and made room for me and beyond children's ministry so mm. for 5 years i you know i built i built the curriculum and the team and i learned how to build team and do it hopefully from a place of uh, vision and not manipulation or mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes I was really desperate yes. as a kids <laughs> really minister. Needed, yeah, like, I, can imagine. I need workers. <laughs> 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 um, but oh, I just, I just, yeah, my ministry muscles were mm-hmm. strengthened there, and she gave me room for that. But also, they invited me onto the executive team, and I ended up with an oversight that was extraordinary. It was un, it was impractical. It was like. <laughs> from guest to giver. So essentially all of wow. adult ministries. And, um, and that, that was a bit of a tipping point for me. So I, I certainly learned in adult ministries. That's where I began serving in groups. That's where I took some of the team building skills and, um, the community building that I saw in the kids' ex- environments. I, I saw that in, in living rooms and, classrooms and things and I thoroughly enjoyed that component of it but my high sense of of work ethic my wanting to please my pastors my saying yes all the time to the next opportunity as a gift right like it's promotion it's yeah. it's and I was overwhelmed and I just entered into a classic burnout where I didn't know who I was anymore I I Tipped over into inefficiency, I couldn't build team, I was too busy, I didn't even know where to start with delegation. I felt mm. personally responsible for things that weren't my responsibility and and um, And then I would say, in a lot of ways, I was saved all over again because yeah. I really came into an understanding through great struggle of mm-hmm. of the lord's love for me.
1: yeah, doing what nothing. was the pathway out of
0: that? <sighs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was um, <laughs> it, it the silliest breaking point, but I was in charge of a, a Christmas event on mm-hmm. a Wednesday night, super simple, very straightforward. I needed to get the cookies and cocoa ready for a pre-service Wednesday night. <laughs> and it was like, you know, green and red plastic tablecloths, orange right. igloo coolers full of, you know, beverage and all the cookies. And I'm watching people file in, get their cookies like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> piled high <laughs> cookies and I'm thinking we should have served these cookies to them but no there are dozens of cookies are walking out on each plate and kids and all the things are I just remember looking over the scene we ran out of cookies all the tablecloths were like you know <laughs> just <laughs> for whatever reason it mm. felt like such a failure
1: mm.
0: like I was supposed to keep the room neat. I ran out of beverages. I ran out of cookies. I interpreted that as a failure. Hmm. And um, I pulled rank. I mean, panicked. I panicked in a weird, emotionally, Hmm. like, Hmm. it it wasn't correlated. Didn't match. Yeah. I'm, like, demanding people go to Walmart to get more (laughs) cookies. And, I mean, by the time they got back with the cookies, like, service had started. Nobody cared about the cookies. (laughs) Nobody cared. So then I'm like, okay, this is this is strange. I, I just I was just having a little bit of an out of body experience, and then I thought, well, I'll just sleep it off. And I woke mm-hmm. up the next day, and I had the deepest dread. Mm-hmm. I mean, just mm-hmm. dark, deep, mm-hmm. vacant dread. Mm-hmm. And um, and I I stood in my living room, and I I felt like I was. Well, I knew I, I'm re- I was repenting. I didn't know that was exactly what I was doing, mm-hmm. but I was, I was turning to the Lord, and I, I took off, like, the metaphorical, you know, mascot costume. I took mm-hmm. off the – I'm, like, sweaty, despondent, <laughs> you know, yeah. just tired. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what's wrong, but something's very wrong. Mm. And I just asked for help. And it was that weekend, somebody came up to me and handed me Beth Moore's book, So Long Insecurity, which mm-hmm. was a real brave move on her part, but <laughs> no I kidding. needed it. I needed it. And it was in that that I first read. There's a chapter on the two trees mm-hmm. in the garden, and the Lord, just I just knew I was barking up the wrong tree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it started for me a journey of, at first, private reading and contemplation Another woman stepped in, um, Barbara Salisbury. She's still a coach, but she gifted me like six sessions. And shes I just, I prayed and God's people responded. And Mm. she just said, I feel like I want to help you. And one of the very first, most practical things she offered me was this practice of taking everything that was in my mind, everything I needed to do, everything I could possibly think of for my kids, for my work, for my home for my own self, and write it down. Just sit down and write every single solitary mm. thing out. And it was so cathartic. And then she said, assign it a time. How long is this going to take? Four hours, you know, whatever, eight mm-hmm. hours, 20 minutes, and then put it in your calendar. And that Ew. took me quite a long time.
2: Yeah.
0: But But I could stand in mm. the dominion, right? I could step into some authority over my time, and myself, and it was just the f- one of the first things that helped me. And then it was years. Mm-hmm. It was probably two years. I, I call it my mute season. I, I was not s- certain about anything anymore. All the ways that I knew to do ministry weren't working. Mm-hmm. It was a very classic burnout. burnout. And, um, and I was worshiping my work and my pastors, mm-hmm. so I had to. Yeah, take them off the throne of my heart and put, I mean, yeah. Christ back on there, so to speak. And, and it was a couple of years, but that was when I was introduced to Gateway and Freedom Ministries. Mm-hmm. And it really was a life-changing mm-hmm. experience for me in that season.
2: Earlier, you mentioned Kairos, which is a, a ministry event that Freedom mm-hmm. used to do at mm-hmm. Gateway. Um, and you incorporate still a lot of freedom in your groups and mm-hmm. in the work that you do. What's your favorite thing?
0: Mm. Um, My favorite thing is connected to the family of origin, family of God, mm-hmm. experiences that we have. It's so universal, and I think that, we come to the table each of us with different symptoms of our distortion or dysfunction okay. or whatever it is that we've dealt with in our family or in our own lives but creating a place which Kairos in its original design was to be like a womb yeah intentionally designed to be like a womb yeah that is it's safe and welcoming mm. and nourishing and there's a comfort to it, and there's a joy in just being there. Yeah. Mm. So th- there were invitations to participate, but never a demand mm-hmm. on a person. And so that space of invitation to, to be and be mm-hmm. celebrated for being mm. – um, is, is really where, where it begins. And so whether I'm in a group with somebody or I'm in an office with someone, I I want to start there. And then, you know, the the truth really is freeing. And Jesus is the truth, but to tell the truth about our experiences is also liberating, even if my perspective of the experience isn't absolutely accurate mm-hmm. to articulate the the emotional world, the interpretation of it from my perspective, even as a kid, which I think for so many years I would hesitate to say anything because I'm like, I don't – I I know intellectually I'm not interpreting it mm. accurately. But my interpretation and sharing it with another, with the Lord, even just fessing up to myself, you know, is a, is a truth-telling act and there's freedom in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that – that begins sometimes with recognizing the pain points in our families of origin, mm-hmm. recognizing where we felt loss or or neglect or overwhelm or where we stepped into a role unwittingly and have mm-hmm. kind of walked with that mascot head yeah, on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't my church the first place I started to wear mm-hmm. the, the good girl costume and work hard to be better to – please everyone you right. know that happened in my family of origin and that dysfunction just led right in beautifully you know to yeah. school systems and church yeah. systems and every other system so anyway getting getting you know to a place where people feel safe to talk about then the invitation is and sometimes this is simultaneous but let's talk to the lord about it you know what mm-hmm. what does the father say about mm-hmm. who you are what about Jesus, he's your big brother and your best mm-hmm. friend. What does he have to say? He's a sibling to you, a perfect sibling that can repair the breach of heart that, mm-hmm. a, um, you know, an angry or a bullying or a neglectful sibling maybe harmed me. I can have healing yeah. in mm-hmm. in Jesus. And same with the Holy Spirit, who is mother, who is nurturer, mm-hmm. who is ruach, who is the feminine, mm-hmm. you know, of the Lord, the the wisdom lady, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wisdom who is so, so fond of each of us and celebrates our being. And so Mm -hmm. that way of seeing the family of God helped me so much. Mm -hmm. And I think because in my early church experience, I was taught that the church is my family. And yes, scripturally, brothers and sisters – Paul does talk about being father and mother as apostles and leaders in the church, but he just doesn't fling that title around. He really majors on brotherhood and sisterhood as it relates mm-hmm. to our interaction in the church community. When we're born again, we're born again into the perfect family of God, mm-hmm. who is God the Father, God the Son, God the Mother, <laughs> <laughs> God the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. And it's in that perfect, safe family Mm. where we can become who we really already are in Christ and then Mm -hmm. from that be better brother, sister, helper, because we need one another. We need community. So I could go on and on, obviously, about that. But that's wherever I am, whether I'm in a counseling setting, I'm in a group setting, Mm. I'm talking to anyone, I'm thinking about those those family of origin things that have shaped or misshaped us and the way that God wants to help and heal us. And the truth is some of those revelations come out in community. Yeah, that's
1: great. You answered that invitation Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. so well. And so being able to turn to others and offer that same safe place, like in your living room when you Mm -hmm. took all the masks off, is quite a calling Mm -hmm. and such a significant yes that you've given to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being with us today. My pleasure. My last thing that I just want to to ask you is, is there anything that you would say maybe to another um, woman who has said yes to God's call Mm -hmm. and maybe is finding herself looking at the tablecloths and cookies and (laughs) (laughs) trying to make sense of her unreasonable reaction? What would you say Mm. to her?
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think back to a question maybe I didn't answer earlier about how do I, as a woman, come to the table with my emotions. Mm -hmm. I come to the table and I would tell her to come to the table knowing that they're indicators. Like Hmm. lights on a dashboard are indicators. Mm -hmm. And to come to the table as a whole person, it's our mind, our body, our emotions, Mm -hmm. our hopes, our dreams. And so – Pull over to the side of the road if your check engine light is going on. That's right. That's right. right. That's what that cookies and cocoa moment was for me. It was a crisis of, um, yeah, my engine needed some work. Mm -hmm. And I think that to say yes on the outside and to say no on the inside, um, that yes is a lie. Mm -hmm. And we might feel obligated or that it's our Christian duty or we need to be a good example. But all of those things are an illusion. The truth is that no on the inside is coming from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it might need to convert into a yes, but we don't do that. I don't do that by trying hard. And I've learned over the years to pull the, the vehicle over, so to speak, and let the Lord Do the work in my heart and then say no and -hmm. tell the truth or come to a place of yes, if it's genuine and say yes. So letting my insides and my outsides be, you know, in alignment with one Mm -hmm. another is a part of that, a part of that practice. And it's no small thing. Knowing what we want, what we need, what we prefer, putting that into words, telling others, being true to ourselves. The Lord, I mean, this is the work. It is so. Anything we're doing in ministry, in, at home, it's all spiritual formation. So mm-hmm. I'd say, yay! I'm so glad you're you know melting down. I'm so yes. glad you're feeling <laughs> How good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I think I I was boggled by it yeah. in early in in my early years, but I, I with more years under my belt, I'm getting it. When Paul says, "I'm I'm grateful for the struggle. I'm grateful for the mm-hmm. the pain. It's interesting but it's the point of growth for so many so anyway
1: well you are a deep well Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i thank you for just sharing your experiences and your wisdom with us today it's just such a gift if anyone would want to connect with you or Mm -hmm. connect with what you're doing how would they get in touch with you
0: instagram's the best okay e settle e s -S e t
1: t l e
2: she has the best last name ever settle settle (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) oh thank you so much and thanks for listening and our prayer for you today I think is to pay attention to the dashboard right so we pray that you're able to make sense of all that and just give the yes you're supposed to give or the no that you're supposed to give today so um, we pray God's blessing on you and if you've liked what you've heard we would love if you would subscribe and we'll talk to you again next time Thank you for listening to the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast, powered by the King's University,
0: a school committed to encouraging and validating women on their ministry journeys.
2: To learn more, visit TKU.edu.